everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats Podcast, where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Baltazor. And uh, this marks week two of us dog-walking to school from Texas. <laughs> this one, you know, better or worse, you know, shut out, but uh, also, you know, beating them by 41. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty un, kind of unexpected dominance, I think, uh, at least to the degree that we did. Because I think that we were pretty pretty well set on the fact that Houston would um, get at least some scoring, cause just because of the offensive weapons they have. Mm-hmm. But not only did they not ever do that, they really were just completely ineffective for the entire day, really. Yeah, they they were not very good maple guest appearance but it was there was never really a moment of doubt you know 41 to 0 loss you know you, or a 41 to 0 victory you never really never really any moment of doubt whenever you have that score um this is probably going to be a pretty quick episode because there's not a lot to really break down um the number one thing that i was really impressed with and i want to get out of the way uh, at the very top was our defensive backs honestly did really well um, manning up the receiver, like we did a lot better manning up their receivers than I thought we would. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keenan Garber was great uh, in coverage. Will Lee was as well, and so was Jacob Parrish. I mean, those top three guys. I kind of seems to be the rotation at this point at corner. They were all impressive in their own right. Will Lee uh, nearly had a pick much earlier than he had his actual one, but he just kind of tripped and fell when trying to jump a route. Uh, otherwise, he would have added another pick. But, no, yeah, the defensive backs were fantastic across the board. I mean, holding a uh, – this was a Houston team that the week prior had uh, – I think Donovan Smith had like 375 or 300-something passing yards against Texas. Uh, Houston as a team has held just 95 yards uh, through the air on the day, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. So, honestly, like, that's the main takeaway. So now we can just kind of get into game day grades where we go through every single position group, including coordinators, giving them a grade from F to A+. F meaning that you're new single-handedly lost us the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely happening this week. A+, meaning they had an exceptional performance or near single-handedly won us the game. As always, we start with the person under center, or in this case, the people under center, uh, Will Howard and Amy Johnson, the quarterbacks. Hey. All I need to do to make my argument is read the stat line here. Will Howard was 15 of 17, 164, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, Avery Johnson, 5 of 6 for 46 yards and a touchdown. And you also, you know, Will added 24 yards on the ground rushing. The only complaint that I have for the quarterbacks is Avery Johnson fumbling, which I figured that was going to happen at some point anyway. But, like... Mm -hmm. It didn't result in anything. This is an easy A+. Yeah, they get an A-plus from me, too. Uh, 164 through the air isn't some incredible number, but Will was very accurate all day, only missing two passes. One of them was a drop as well. Granted, it was a little out of Jace Brown's frame, but he had his hands fully on it, so that's a catch as a receiver. If you're going to be a starter, like you need to be able to make that. Um he really only had one throw that kind of didn't have much of a chance of being completed. And it's a Jaden Jackson in the end zone, which is just a little bit behind him. Um, but other than that, Will was great. Uh, Avery looked really nice throwing the ball. He had a nice uh, throw on the run 
uh, at one point. I think it was Will Swanson. And uh, that helped set up a touchdown to Seth Porter. The little flick. Yeah, that was really good uh, from Avery Johnson. But Will looked really comfortable. He did take a lot of um, underneath and easy throws. But he still had a nice contested play to uh, Phillip Brooks. Uh, had a nice throw down the field uh, to fill again for a touchdown. Yeah, the easy A-plus for the quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, there's not much to complain about there. Then, of course, you move on to the running backs. DJ Giddens, you know, 13 for 96, two touchdowns. Treshawn Ward, 10 of 33, or 10 for 32 with a touchdown. Uh, again, it's really hard to find something to complain about here. You know, Treshawn having 15 yards through the air as well. Uh, just just a reminder that DJ Giddens is just a power back and he's really slow and has no moves. Yeah, but, I think that narrative is probably officially dead at this point. At least it should be because it is just so obvious from watching how he plays. And it's been obvious the entire year and even going back to last year. Uh, it was obvious that there's just so much more to his game than being like a power back and kind of sarcastic air quotes. But uh, DJ was phenomenal again, just making defenders look silly on multiple occasions. He had a huge uh, third and 20 conversion on one of our first drives, maybe the first drive, and looked really, really good uh, throughout this game. Treshawn, we didn't see um, him be as successful as DJ, but he was um, he made some quietly big plays. Like He had a first down on a third and short where he just kind of caught the ball short of the six and just jumped. <laughs> Yeah, pushed himself right over the line. That was just good awareness of where he was on the field. The running backs were great. Yeah, A+. Plus. A+, plus for me too. Next up is wide receivers. Now, this is another situation where I'm not upset with the wide receivers because of how much we won. I just, I really want to see more from them. They did well enough. Phillip Brooks, 5 for 83 and a touchdown. Um, then Jace Brown, two for 13. Seth Porter got himself a touchdown. Good for him. Uh, RJ Garcia had a catch for four yards. But it's just, I gave them an A-, minus, and that's largely because I didn't want to, spoilers, uh, I didn't want to break a week where everyone would have had at least an A-. minus. Um, but it's just another week where I really wish the receivers did more. But the counter-argument to that is, did they have to do more? <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what makes it difficult to grade them. Uh, I went with an A- minus as well. Phil um, had a really nice catch uh, on that contested grab on a third and short. Uh, he had that touchdown catch. Um, it, was one of, it was a very smooth play from K-State. Uh, Jace Brown had a couple catches. Did have a drop that he probably should have caught, but it was nice at least to see him uh, get into the starting rotation. And... Uh, Additionally, um, Jace did have a play where he looked pretty elusive. He definitely needs some work on his vision on some jet sweeps, but that's why he's a receiver. Um, Seth Porter got his first career touchdown, which is awesome for him. And Eric Pizarro got his first career reception, which I was joking about on that drive. <laughs> and then he actually came in the game. Uh, and then RJ Garcia had a catch too. That was one where I kind of wish that he would have played it a little bit better than he did, but... Uh, at least he's back in the stack column. Yeah, because he took himself away from the sticks to make the catch. Mm -hmm. That, and generally, was a good blocking day. Uh, Phil had a few exceptions to that. There were times where Phil didn't block great, but I think at this point we're just going to have to... Live with it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's been pretty bad all year. Uh, so 
I, I think we're just going to have to accept Phil's was not going to be a good blocker. Yeah. Next up is tight ends fullbacks, and this is another A+. Although Ben Sinnott didn't play all that much, only got one catch for six yards. Will Swanson and Garrett Oakley both blocked really well, and I've never seen Connor happier at a K-State football game than when Garrett Oakley finally got a screen pass thrown his way. Yeah, I have been wanting a screen, like a tight end screen for Garrett Oakley all season long, and we finally got it with the connection from Avery uh, to Garrett, and it was a big game. It was, I think, his biggest game of the day for 16, and it worked super well. And so I'm hoping that we see it again because Garrett Oakley is uh, just an unbelievable athlete in space, especially for a tight end. So we need to be doing that as much as possible, uh, getting the ball in space. Yeah, they also had a really good run blocking day as well. Mm-hmm. Ben had a few, especially on a few running plays that uh, I thought were really good. He helped spring a DJ Giddens touchdown at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive line, this is another really easy one because the offensive line probably had their best performance of the year against a defensive line that isn't isn't that bad. You know, they're not bad. They're solid. Um, but, you know, this is another A+. Everyone top to bottom had a pretty good day. And then, of course, Cooper Beebe killed someone. So, <laughs> or should we say Nacho Libre killed someone? <laughs> yeah, he um, kind of made some uh, headlines, went slightly viral for it. Uh, but, yeah, Cooper Beebe's awesome. The entire line played really well. Um very few moments where there were any lapses, really. Uh, Will took a couple of sacks, but they were mainly coverage sacks. Uh, so can't really pin those too much on the offensive line. Uh, KT looked really good as well. It was, yeah, it was just a dominant performance. We were pretty much doing whatever we wanted for the second week in a row. Uh, hopefully we don't get too used to that, um, given who we're playing this upcoming weekend. But still, it was... Really, really great to see the offensive line just really uh, dominate the way that they did. Yeah. So, easy A+. Yep. Now we move to the defensive side of the ball with uh, the defensive line starting off. I I found myself happy with how the defensive line played. I just wanted them to get more sacks, and I wanted them to stop. I know Donovan Smith is big, and he's deceptively, like, weighty because he's 250, but you still want to convert a few more of the of the sack opportunities than we got. That honestly lowered my grade to an A, but they were getting such consistent pressure, like especially against an offensive line that was, you know, especially at the left tackle position, was shockingly good. But I, I found myself happy with the performance. I ended up giving them an A. I went with an A-plus still. Uh, they... There were some kind of gashing run plays, kind of similar to TCU, but I think it was kind of in the same vein as TCU where um, we were fully expecting them to pass the ball most of the time because we got up early and they were in a trailing position, so they needed to throw the ball more. So there were a few times that we just got caught off guard with the run play. I Pretty much the exact same game script there as with TCU. So I don't really hold that too much against the offensive line. Uh, they otherwise did pretty well, or the defensive line, I mean. The otherwise, the otherwise were really good. Um, pressure was decent, just didn't finish as much. Uh, again, like Ace said, would like to see a few more sacks. Uh, but they, we were still hitting the quarterback a decent amount, some of that from the linebackers. Uh, but 
all in all, really quality day. Again, can't really complain too much. I gave him an A+. Yep. Linebackers, I thought, had a deceptively good day. Dez had some really amazing run fits that you don't expect from a Sam linebacker in a 3-3-5 who mostly exists to clog slant windows. <laughs> but he had some amazing run fits. He may quietly be the best linebacker on the team right now. Um, Austin remains still going through a few freshman growing pain mistakes. Jake Clifton's having himself a pretty solid season. Austin Moore, his tackling has slipped a little bit, but he's always at least in the right position. All in all, this was another A-plus day for the linebackers. Just top to bottom, if I can only think of one play where a missed fit happened, and it was because of a true freshman, I'm not going to cry about that. Yeah, I gave an A-plus too. Uh, pretty similar reasons. Jake Clifton was really good. He had a big tackle for loss at one point. Uh, Austin Moore, he had a big uh, stop on either third and fourth or fourth and one uh, where he got a stop behind the line and uh, caused a loss of a few yards. Uh, beyond that, um, Austin Romain, uh, continuing to learn, uh, did have a missed fit pretty early in the game. It might have been their first drive uh, where he just way over pursued uh, and hit the wrong hole but otherwise the linebackers are really good Desmond Purnell uh, still looking really really good he's kind of flying all over the place right now uh, for not having Daniel Green and Asa Newsom uh, for the rest of the year this uh, linebacker room is looking really good so I'm very happy with what we're seeing right now they've recovered really well from losing uh, what they did so they deserve a ton of credit Speaking of another room that deserves a lot of credit, the defensive backs. The defensive backs probably had the best day like of any room on this entire team. There's not a single person that I can complain about the performance of. And that is especially important given how talented this wide receiver core is. Like This is a really fast, really crafty wide receiver room. And we were manning them up in a way that I did not expect us to be able to do. You know, Kobe Savage is still the excellent communicator, and he was playing dime linebacker at one point, which was really funny. But, uh, you know, Parrish on the outside, Keenan Garber on the outside, Will Lee had a pick, probably should have had two. But, you know, it it literally got to the point where it was seatbelts on and Donovan Smith was in hell for a while. <laughs> like, it was seatbelts on, you're along for the ride. Like, no matter how long it took for us to get the pressure... We just refuse to break in the back end of her coverage, which is so remarkably impressive. I mean, we held Donovan Smith under 50% completion with 88 yards and a pick. There there may not be a bigger comeback story <laughs> than the defensive backs this year. That's an easy A+. Yep, I gave him an A+, too. I don't think there's a way to justify giving them anything less. They were awesome. Uh, only 95 passing yards on the day for Houston is just incredible. Uh, yeah, Siegel um, had a tackle for loss. He's continued to look really, really good as of late. Will Lee, again, like you said, should have had two picks, had one. Uh, overall, the team is credited with five uh, passes defense. That does include one from Uso uh, at the line. But I, it honestly felt like more. I think they may only be counting uh, pass deflections as actually deflecting the ball and not necessarily just forcing an incompletion. Mm -hmm. But 
We were flying all over the place uh, defensively and making some really nice plays. Jacob Parrish had a few nice breakups. Keenan Garber played great coverage. Uh, he's really come along in the last uh, few weeks. He's still not really getting his head around um, as much as uh, we'd like, but he's kind of at the very least figuring out how not to interfere while doing that. So uh, that, that is a step up at the very least. And then, yeah, some of the backup safeties looked pretty good, too. Matthew Mashmeyer, he had a really nice pass breakup at one point. He had a couple good tackles as well. Uh, and I was just very, very, very happy with what we saw from the defensive backs. At no point was there a pass downfield that really left me super nervous at all. Yeah. I it, it was just a great, great day to watch if you're watching the defensive backs. Yeah. And I... That's such a like confidence building performance just going into next week as well. But that's a next week, or I guess a technically this week problem. <laughs> um now we're gonna go into coordinators, starting with Colin Klein again. Like there's not a whole lot I can say. He's figured out that pin and pull is the identity of this team. We're not gonna be an outside like zone running team. We're gonna be a pin and pull team. And conveniently, once he figured that out, suddenly all of the pieces started fitting together, and I think that's a big reason why the offensive line has massively improved. Because Colin Klein just went back to, like, yeah, sure, we're going to run a lot of power, we're going to run a lot of counter, going to run a lot of, you know, making sure that we're creating angles rather than just having, you know, win this one-on-one. But even then, you know, in the passing game, he didn't have to scheme up, like, a whole lot. The, uh, Schemed up passes both to Phil were both beautiful. Uh, the screen to Garrett Oakley, I know, made Connor's heart very happy. So this was another A-plus performance from Colin Klein. Yeah, I also gave him an A-plus. I tried to think of things to really be upset with, but, I mean, this game was really well-paced. We controlled possession uh, to a Bill Snyder level. We... Uh, stuck with the run for the most part and switched it up with the pass when we needed to because we didn't have any need to take risks, really. And the couple times that we did in the passing game, they paid off and they were well-timed. And we mostly played Will because we didn't really need to do a whole lot with Avery. It wasn't necessary. And that just worked really, really well. Klein just showed a masterful control over this game and the Houston defense, so he gets an A+. Yeah, I mean, not much else to say. Kleinerman, there's a bit more to say. Uh, that's because I started noticing that he did something new. Uh, he started overloading one side of the line of scrimmage on obvious pass rush situations, which is where Nate Matlick got one of his, I think his first sack of the year. It's either mm. his first or his second. No, he's, I actually checked that because I... I, too, thought that it was, like, only his second sack of the year because he hasn't been making as much noise, uh, I think, as uh, some people have been wanting him to. Um, And so I went and checked, and I think it was his fourth on the season, which was kind of surprising to me. But he had one in each of the SEMO, Troy, and UCF games, but he hasn't had one since UCF until Houston. So it's been over a month. Okay. But point still stands. Yeah, oh, congratulations, Nate. But <laughs> point still stands. The the adjustments that we didn't even really have to make were just really interesting. I did think 
it's weird that we decided to put the overloading the line on tape the week before we played Texas. I think that's a strange choice, but I'm evaluating this game in a back in a in a va- in a bathroom in a vacuum. <laughs> I'm evaluating this game in a back. Goodness gracious, vacuum! I thought said back rooms. <laughs> evaluating this game in a vacuum. That's a nice little wrinkle that we haven't introduced much before this point, which gives a lot of room for stunts and like games on the line and stuff like that. But that's it. I just wanted to talk about that. I thought it was cool. Clarenman called a perfect game. He called a shutout. Not a perfect game, but a borderline perfect game. It's A+. Plus. Yeah, I gave an A+, plus too. Um, he really put a lot of trust in the corners in this game. Uh, it's a man up and do their job and it worked I think a lot better than you or I would have expected uh, especially given the talent in the Houston receiving room but our corners completely locked down uh, this game um, there were thumbs down everywhere uh, mob signs everywhere this entire game because uh, the defense deserved a ton of praise and a lot of that started with Joe Klanderman uh, he was awesome I did love the overloading uh, on Blitz I, again, do agree it's a little weird to put it on tape right before Texas, unless he just really wanted us to get some game experience with it. I don't know why we would need it, because it's kind of straightforward. But <laughs> um, maybe he'll maybe he's putting it on tape to um, throw in a counter punch with it for next week. I'm not sure. But regardless, Clarenman gets an A+. He was fantastic. Yep. Told you it'd be a pretty short one because there's not a lot to say when you dominate a team this bad. Uh, but MVPs, take your pick. I'm going to go Will Howard on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to DJ Giddens uh, just for the two touchdowns and the big uh, screen third down conversion in the first quarter. Yeah. Then on defense, you know, again, there's not not many bad picks here. <laughs> Uh, you could go Siegs, leading tackler, had a TFL. Could go Jake, TFL. Could go Dez, honestly, just with how well he was playing. I think I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with Siegs. I'm gonna go with Will Lee for uh, getting one pick. Should have had another pick, and forcing a fumble as well that led to a turnover. So directly responsible for two turnovers and another near one. So. Uh, really, really great day for Will Lee uh, as he's st- maybe still recovering from injury, but if he's not, I think he probably should be back in the starting lineup now after that performance. Yeah, absolutely. So just to briefly go over this game, it was a complete and utter domination, and that's really all there is to say. Will Howard had himself a really good game. He did exactly what he needed to. Obviously, fifteen of seventeen. You're not. <laughs> you take those. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say. Honestly, I don't really either. I mean, this was a thorough domination. It was kind of a weird weekend for the Big Twelves. Now there's like a five-way tie for first, and you now we've got multiple elimination games coming up this weekend as well. Yep. Which, uh, speaking of. The uh, biggest game of the year up to this point is up next. A functional elimination game for Arlington. 
K-State versus Texas. Big noon. Big game. Well, I guess we'll have to, you guys will have to tune into the, the preview episode to see what we think of that one. But what I will say right now, it's going to be an interesting game. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not really sure what to think of them yet, because with Quinn Ewers, I definitely would have a different thought. Yeah. But I've not really seen anything of Malik Murphy uh, yet, just haven't seen any film. So I can't make a determination yet, uh, one way or the other. Other than I know the Texas fans seem to be annoyed with his accuracy, but Texas fans get annoyed by pretty much anything, so that's not really a reliable source. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about them. Uh, but, yeah, huge, 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 huge game uh, this upcoming weekend that is going to ultimately determine the trajectory of the remainder of the season and yeah. what we're hoping for. Yeah, because uh, functionally, that's uh, that's winner, winner stay home, basically. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say winner go home, but that's winner stay home. But... Again, that will be an episode two days from now. But for now, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to follow or contact us, you can follow us just about anywhere at Aggieville ACATS. If you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I'm at acedward 0 I am at Connor Baltazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store where you can find... Well, you can find it in our Twitter bio, podcast bio, just about anything that has information about us as a show. You can find the merch link. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats. <laughs>